0: hello
1: welcome back everyone
0: it's the we don't want to grow up podcast that's pete
1: and that is stacy
0: how's everybody doing <laughs> i feel like i'm talking to an audience <laughs> a crowd how's everybody doing out there tonight <laughs> I can't
1: hear
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> what about you in the balcony? Oh man. So we've put together a blockbuster night. Make it a blockbuster Ooh. night.
1: Blockbuster video. Wow. What a difference. Those were so fun blockbuster nights.
0: Oh yeah. And I wanted every night to be a blockbuster night. I know. Well, speaking of Blockbuster, or just video stores in general, because maybe when you were younger, it wasn't a Blockbuster. Right. For me, it wasn't until a little later.
1: Yeah, for me, it was in the 90s, Blockbuster-wise. But yeah, yeah, my stepmom worked at a video store in the 80s. Right. I can't remember what it was named. I think I mentioned it before it was also an ice cream shop.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, that's nice. I remember, well, my sister worked at Video Park, which I've also talked about on here, but it was in like a strip mall. And so it was next to a gondolier pizza. But I remember we would go over there and that was where I first had like a chicken souvlaki (laughs) and a pita. Yeah. And it was so good.
1: (laughs) Sounds awful. It
0: was great. But I'm wondering, because I think that we all kind of, when you went to a video rental store, you had no idea what you were going to see there. Right. And so it was just like... because you're seeing all these covers of movies that you've never even heard of and you don't really know what they mean. You pick it up and you look at the back and try to figure out if it's something you would want to see. And I'm just wondering if there was anything for you that was just kind of kind of an odd choice, you know, that either you really liked or just one you remember being kind of weird that you got.
1: The oddest and most weird one that I rented and more than once. Uh-huh. I can't remember why I did the first time, but I got Blood in, Blood out. Blood in, blood out. Which came out in like 1993.
0: I had never heard of that, but I watched the trailer and...
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. A young Benjamin Bratt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it was... Interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You've used that word a few times. Yes.
0: (laughs) Did it have boobs or something? Is that why you got it a second time?
1: No, no. I liked the violence in it. Oh. (laughs) Because this was when I liked Menace to Society, like those types of movies. Uh I think that may be why I rented this one. All right. So I was like, oh, maybe this is like another one in that vein.
0: Hmm. You like violence. That's good to know.
1: Yeah, I'm a dude.
0: Not all dudes like violence. That's
1: true. That's true. I shouldn't generalize. <laughs> and the next one wasn't really weird. Mm-hmm. I just rented it a lot. Yeah. When it came out, it was RoboCop. Okay. I just, again, love violence. So <laughs> it was the most violent movie maybe of that year that I'd seen. Yeah. And it had robots in it, which was really cool. Uh-huh. Violent robots. Yeah. I was sold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right up your alley. Mm-hmm. For me, they're not necessarily weird movies, but I just think it's odd that I was so fascinated by them, considering my age. Mm -hmm. One of them was Four Keeps with Molly Ringwald. It came out in 88, but it's all about this young couple who have sex and she gets pregnant and they get married. And then it's like the struggle of just young people being married and having a kid. It's a very stressful movie. Because I rewatched it this past year. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't believe that I loved this movie so much.
1: Yeah, You were like 10.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I was younger than that. It was well, yeah, It
1: came out in 88. That's yeah. when it came out in theaters. So. Oh, but by but, the time
0: I was renting it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, maybe it could have been 89. Could have been 88.
0: And I could have also been renting it when I was older, when I was like a young teen. Yeah. You know, and by then maybe I was just fascinated with the sex stuff. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> But for whatever reason, I rented that one a lot. And then the other one (laughs) is Mommy Dearest, which also scared me. It's the story of Joan Crawford, who I knew nothing about. But I guess it was just maybe one time my parents got it and I watched it with them. Or maybe I just watched it and they didn't know what it was. Yeah. But like, she's an abusive mother to her child. And you've heard the movie quote.
1: No wire hangers ever.
0: You ever heard of that? No. Oh, well, that's part of it. And so it was just like, I don't know, maybe that was the beginning of my love for like horror movies because it was just kind of it made me feel weird. But I still watched it.
1: Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. It's funny, though, you mentioned in your first one, like, maybe it was the sex stuff. Uh-huh. There were so many movies that I wanted to rent. Yeah. One in particular, I can remember always seeing the box, you know, I'm a young yeah. boy who sees all these covers and one was a ski movie called All the Way Down. <laughs> but having a stepmom that worked at a video store was a great thing, except for if you wanted to try to get oh. a movie like that. So I never, ever rented a movie that showed sex stuff at all. Yeah. Because she would have just, she she would have let me. Mm-hmm. She just would have made fun of me for it in right. front of people. So
0: you weren't going to have that. No. That's so funny. And of course, like there were a lot of movies that I rented all the time that were good movies, you know. But I think a few that were just kind of a little more obscure were like Break In and Breakin Into, Electric Boogaloo. I yeah. loved those movies and I would get them all the time. I was also really fascinated with like the Frankie and Annette stuff, which is old school.
1: Oh, yeah. Like but like the beach, bl- beach
0: blanket bingo and all that stuff. It would also come on like, I feel like TBS or something like that. But I would rent those.
1: Yeah, I feel like I watched those on TV quite a bit.
0: Yeah. And then Rags to Riches. I've talked about yes, that on here did. too. I rented that all the time.
1: I would get Rad. Yeah. the bike movie. <laughs> never saw it. You never saw Rad?
0: No. Oh my God. Well, speaking of Blockbuster. Yeah. We watched the documentary on Netflix called The Last Blockbuster this week.
1: And it was good. It got to me a couple times.
0: Yeah. It made me emotional.
1: I feel like this is just my emotional week for some reason. <laughs> Or maybe I was just tired.
0: Listen, he thinks (laughs) that he has PMS with me.
1: It's a thing. All right. I don't think it. I know it.
0: Our hormones have synced.
1: I think they have. We're around each other so much. Yeah. You impact me. I have a couple days where I'm not nice to be around.
0: Well, at least I'm not in it alone. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So needless to say, we were in a glass case of emotion this week. I'm in a glass case of
1: emotion!
0: Because we've watched things that have made us cry. (laughs) And this one, it's a documentary film about Blockbuster's last store. Yeah. And the store is in Bend, Oregon. It talks about Blockbuster just as a business and how, you know, when it came about, it put independent video rental stores out of business. because they
1: were really aggressive.
0: Yeah, they were striking deals with film studios. Yeah. And the other stores just had no way to survive.
1: They couldn't. And, you know, from a business model standpoint, good on them. It just sucks for small businesses to get steamrolled like that.
0: Yeah. Well, in the end, Blockbuster got what was coming to them, I guess.
1: They did. It was funny to (laughs) see, like, the former CEO... Talk about how everybody thought Netflix put Blockbuster out of business. Mm -hmm. He's like, that's not true. At that time, when Blockbuster really started to struggle was around the 2008 financial crisis. Right. Netflix had capital. Mm-hmm. and cash to invest and try to increase subscribers. And Blockbuster, I guess, had started to make the switch to digital. Yes. And was doing like the mail mm-hmm. service like Netflix was back then. Because Netflix, you know, you used to have to get it in the mail and then mail it back, all right. that kind of stuff. Yep. And Blockbuster was doing the same thing.
0: And they had started a streaming service. Exactly. I did not remember that. I didn't either. So they but were on the right path.
1: They were. And they, then just they just didn't have any money. They didn't have any money. And no one would invest because there was no money to invest.
0: Yeah. So that's obviously a sad story because just seeing all the blockbusters and everything, it just I think also because we're in such a nostalgic state of mind lately (laughs) that, you know, you do miss walking into that store. There was something about strolling down those aisles and looking at the covers and deciding what you wanted to get and splitting up if you were there with someone and everybody would come back together with something that, that they had chosen.
1: The documentary really made it feel familiar. Yeah. What it felt like to go back into the store. They did a good job of they giving did. you that feeling. You're like, wow, I'd completely forgotten about that. Mm-hmm.
0: It follows Sandy Harding, who is the general manager of the last store that's in Bend. It's over the course of a few years.
1: It is, yeah, because they start out, there's like 18 blockbusters left. Right. And then the next year, there's like 12. Uh or maybe four or something. It may be like a couple of years span. Yeah.
0: And then it dwindled down to where it was just them. them. Well, then there were three in Alaska. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. And then it was just them. And we were just waiting because we thought, oh, we are going to have to watch this store shut down. And they lead you to believe that that's what's about to happen. And then as it gets to the end, we find out that they renew them.
1: Yeah. And they showed some clips of how they were staying open through the pandemic. So it's like the store is still open, I guess Blockbuster, the business, was bought by Dish
0: yes, Network. the Dish Network, yeah. So
1: the drama was whether or not Dish was going to extend their contract right. another year. So it's like, I'm curious why they would or wouldn't at this point. And maybe it has to do with store profitability or something like that. Yeah. But they did extend it. Which was, <laughs> if they
0: hadn't extended it, oof. I guarantee you that that store would be open again now after this documentary.
1: It would have been, yeah.
0: Because it had already been gaining attention right. from the world and it become a tourist attraction. People yeah. from all over were traveling to go visit this last blockbuster. I mean, when I'm watching it, like I want to go. Yeah. Just because, you know, there's nowhere else that I can go to experience that feeling of walking into a blockbuster store. Right.
1: Like it's it.
0: And they have current movies. Like it's not just old stuff. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, It's like a working blockbuster museum.
0: Museum. Museum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said that just for you. Thank
0: you. But yet you even have to you have to show your Blockbuster card. So the people that live there still have Blockbuster cards and they go and they rent movies.
1: And I think I still have my Blockbuster card. I think it's in my office. You need to find it. Work.
0: I think that I might have one too in a box. We really are going to get to these boxes soon. We keep talking about it.
1: Tomorrow. Let's commit to tomorrow.
0: All right. I thought you said Sunday was a no work day.
1: Well, that won't take too long. If you can
0: pull some stuff down for me, then I can go through boxes while I'm watching TV that's not podcast related. (laughs) Now we've made our Sunday plans on the podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, quote unquote, no work. Like, I'm going to work on the kitchen.
0: Right. It's just something that's not podcast related or yeah. your actual job. Right. But it was a fun little hour and however long it was.
1: Yeah, it was right about an hour. It was a really well done documentary.
0: It was. And it had several familiar faces. Kevin Smith, Adam Brody, Sam Levine, Paul Shear, Jamie Kennedy.
1: Yeah. And they showed that Jamie Kennedy was like... One of the Blockbuster crew back in the day. Yeah.
0: It had a specific name. Was it Blockbuster Kids?
1: I can't remember. But it was like commercials that they would do. There was these four kids. Yes. Like and they would go around
0: and like tour and stuff, wouldn't they? And do signings so. or something like that yeah. at different Blockbusters?
1: I guess so. But that was like his entry into-
0: The entertainment industry. The entertainment industry. Yeah. And like Adam Brody used to work at- A blockbuster. Mm. A bunch of them had worked at a blockbuster. So it was just fun to hear from them. And then at the end, they handed each of them a VHS tape that was in the blockbuster case that I'm sure you all remember getting. That snap. Yeah. And so to watch them all experience feeling the weight of it, Mm -hmm. you know, they were like, oh, I forgot how this feels, you know, and then the sound when you open it up and and what the tape feels like and sounds like. And yeah, the snap of closing it. It's crazy how that stuff makes you feel so nostalgic.
1: Yeah, we were talking about it and I was thinking, I was like, when was the last time I rented from Blockbuster? And then I was thinking, when was the last time I rented a VHS?
0: Yeah, that I don't know. I mean, I feel like that was probably, probably late 90s, early 2000s. I don't know. I can't remember when I got my first DVD. I remember still being in Orlando. When I lived in Orlando was the last place that I rented from Blockbuster for sure. But it was DVDs by then.
1: Same here. I feel like I made the switch in like 2000 Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. I have an extensive DVD collection. Yes, me too. I should go back to like whatever the earliest movie is there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember renting TV seasons?
1: I don't think I really did that. I would buy them.
0: I did that before I started buying them. Mm. I remember renting like Gilmore Girls or My So-Called Life or something like that. And I had them taped on a VHS. You know, they were like, you needed to fix the tracking. You know, (laughs) like I wanted good copies. (laughs) Then I realized I could buy them. I think that they probably got cheaper to buy, you know.
1: Yeah, because it was funny. They showed that originally, and my sister had actually mentioned this, that VHSs were like $100 to buy.
0: crazy Back in the day,
1: like in the early 80s when everything first started.
0: And they said the idea of that was, you know, you would pay a certain amount to go watch a movie in a theater. But then having that and being able to watch it in your home, you could have 12 people there watching the movie.
1: Right. And and you could watch
0: it over and over and over. So in their mind, that made sense. Like that was a fair price.
1: Yeah, because they're already losing a little bit of money doing it that Mm -hmm. way. But it's like this isn't coming out the same time that it's in the theater. So
0: it's also not the same experience. Like people go to the movies first of all so you can see movies as they come out but also for the experience of it i know i miss going to the movies
1: me too that's going to be one of the first things that i do Mm -hmm. is go back to the movie theater
0: yeah so anyway it's on netflix and you should definitely check it out
1: yeah it's worthwhile check it out
0: so speaking of blockbusters (laughs) yes let's talk about one of the biggest blockbusters
1: of all time
0: it's titanic Music still gets me. Yes.
1: The whole film still gets me.
0: Oh. I know. I was actually hesitant to watch it when you brought it up because I was just like, I haven't watched it in so long. Yeah. But I loved that movie and I watched it constantly. Yeah, at I that went time. to the
1: theater quite a few times for this movie.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'd, if you listen to our podcast, you know, right. you know that I've been there through puking and not <laughs> at least seven or eight times in the theater. And then, of course, had the dual VHS set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I would only watch the first tape because the second half was where it got depressing.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, like you look at the description of the movie and it's a romance and disaster film. Yeah. And it's so perfectly put that way because it's like two films wrapped into one. Right. Well, it's because
0: it's fiction and nonfiction wrapped in one and the fiction part is the romance.
1: It is, but it like hits a wall at some point where all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it gets really scary. For me, like I get nervous yes. watching this movie after a certain point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just get terrified.
0: And it's even if the story, the entire story was fiction, which it's not. But if it was, it would still be tense. Yeah. But knowing that it's real.
1: Yeah, that's so Is difficult. what really
0: hits home because yeah. so much of it is based on facts. Yeah. On real things that happen. So it's hard to watch, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. It is. So it came out in 1997. Mm hmm. I think we all know that it was directed, written, co-produced, and co-edited by James Cameron.
1: Yeah, I feel like he did everything. Yeah. He's like the Dave Grohl of Titanic.
0: (laughs) I like that. I wonder if he's ever been referenced (laughs) that way before. So obviously, it's based on accounts of the sinking of the RMS Titanic, which they said was unsinkable. Yeah, whoops. (laughs) Billy Zane's character, Cal, in the movie even says, God himself could not sink that ship. And they also called it the Ship of Dreams.
1: Nightmares.
0: (laughs) Yeah, more like the Ship of Nightmares. (laughs) So it follows the story of Jack and Rose.
1: Oh, Jack and Rose.
0: Members of different social classes. They fall in love on the ship and throughout its ill-fated maiden voyage.
1: It's something that always gets to me so much too, like class warfare really, really bothers me. It just makes me angry.
0: (laughs) It angers you as if you were on that third class. Exactly.
1: I hate it. Mm -hmm. I think you could see as I was watching it, I would get agitated at certain parts. Like it just drives me crazy.
0: Well, you were saying like a lot of that is still the same today.
1: I've just seen real life examples of people at the very least being looked down on or perhaps treated poorly because of their social status or lack thereof. And that just really gets to me sometimes. Right. So this movie really brings that out.
0: Mm-hmm. You relate to Jack.
1: I can, yeah. I was going to say, I just feel bad for all of those people.
0: Yeah, you're very empathetic. Mm-hmm. So the movie was nominated for 14 Academy Awards.
1: Is that a record?
0: It tied with All About Eve from 1950 for huh. the most Oscar nominations. Okay. And it, they won 11, Wow. including Best Picture and Best Director, and they tied with Ben-Hur which was in 1959 for the most Oscars won by a single film.
1: That is crazy.
0: Yeah. It had a worldwide gross of 1.84 billion.
1: Before and then, some subsequent re releases. Yes. Got it over the 2 billion mark.
0: Yes. It was the second film to gross more than 2 billion worldwide after James Cameron's Avatar.
1: My man was hitting those up. <laughs> that is crazy to think about all the tickets he sold.
0: I know. <laughs> and I mean, like in 1997, I looked it up. Movie tickets only cost four dollars and fifty nine cents. Yeah. Isn't that insane?
1: Yeah. There's a chart you can go to to show mm-hmm. like adjusted for inflation.
0: Oh, yeah. Then that was seven.
1: It was. But I think Gone with the Wind still beats everyone. When adjusted for inflation.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay.
1: Maybe I could go to the vice principal's office for that, but I'm going <laughs> to stick with it until I get stuck in detention.
0: Well, that's interesting to think about it like that. Yeah, it's adjusted like, for inflation.
1: Exactly. It's like
0: they should base it actually on the tickets, of sold, tickets sold, as right. opposed to how much money. Because also, if you go to a matinee, that's less money. Exactly. And I used to go to matinees all the time because I would go on a Saturday afternoon, right. at the mall.
1: But what the studios care about is how much money it actually makes. So it's like up to other people to put together those lists of adjusted for inflation or how many tickets and stuff like right. that. Right.
0: So this cast, it's a large cast. I actually had to stop at some point because I was like, we're gonna be here for an hour just listing names of actors yeah. and characters. Because a lot of the characters are based on historical people mm-hmm. and so we just don't have time to list them all. We don't. But if you would like to know, they're listed anywhere on the internet.
1: On them internets. <laughs> I could Google it. <laughs>
0: So Leonardo DiCaprio played Jack Dawson, Kate Winslet, was Rose DeWitt Bucketer.
1: Billy Zane as Cal Hockley. Cal is Rose's 30-year-old fiance.
0: I had forgotten that there was such an age difference that yeah. Rose is actually 17 at right. the time and that he was 30. And, you know, her mom was just pushing her on him because he had money.
1: Yeah, and they ran out of money.
0: You mean later on?
1: No, like Rose's family was out of money because her oh, father her had father, passed away right, right. and left them with staggering debt. She's like, all we have left is our good name.
0: Yes, and speaking of her mom, Frances Fisher played Ruth DeWitt Bucketer. Bucketer? I can't remember how she pronounces it. Bucater. Bucater?
1: That's a total guess. I don't remember. Bucketer, we'll say. Bucketer.
0: I'm trying to think because when she's introducing herself to Jack, she yeah. says her name really fast and it's like Rose DeWitt Bucketer. Bucketer? 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 Just own it. <laughs> Bucater? <laughs> Bucater. Bukater?
1: You said Bucketer. Go with that.
0: That just sounds I don't know. Anyway. Old Rose Bucketer? <laughs> you know Rose DeWitt Bucketer? <laughs> <laughs> Gloria Stewart played Rose Dawson Calvert, which is Rose in current times All in nineteen ninety six as the lovely elderly woman. Narrator. She's of the our narrator film. of the film. She's Rose. She does a great job. She did sadly pass away in twenty ten and she was a little over a hundred years old.
1: Just a little bit.
0: So crazy.
1: I cannot imagine Amazing. living to a hundred. I know. I mean, I hope I do. I just
0: i just want to feel good the whole time.
1: Yeah, because I feel like even right now, my body's been rode hard and put up wet, <laughs> so I'm not even halfway there. <laughs> Better eat some vegetables.
0: <laughs> it's only uphill from here.
1: <laughs> Bill Paxton as Brock Lovett, who was the treasure hunter who was looking for the heart of the ocean
0: Yes.
1: in the actual wreck of the Titanic. And Bill sadly passed away in 2017. I
0: know. So sad. Very sad. I always think of Chet when I think of Bill Paxton.
1: He had super cool boat hair in this movie. He did. And he looked like a dude that was out on Gold hoop
0: earring. A
1: gold hoop earring and like <laughs> sun bleached hair. Yep. <laughs> I know from experience because I have a friend who occasionally has sun bleached hair. Who
0: lives on a boat. Who
1: lives on a boat.
0: I used to have sun bleached hair all the time. Did you? And also chlorine bleached hair. Oh. Which then turned my very light blonde hair.
1: Green? A shade of green. A shade of green. <laughs> Lovely. Susie Amos played Lizzie Calvert, who was Rose's granddaughter.
0: Danny Nucci as Fabrizio. Fabrizio. David Werner as Spicer Lovejoy. He was Cal's assistant, the one chasing them around with a gun.
1: He was the goon. Yeah. Jason Barry as Tommy Ryan.
0: And then we go to the historical characters. Even though the film wasn't meant to be an entirely accurate depiction of the events, it does include a lot of portrayals of historical figures. Yeah. So Kathy Bates as Margaret Molly Brown.
1: The unsinkable Molly Brown.
0: That's right. Victor Garber as Thomas Andrews.
1: He was the ship designer.
0: (laughs) Yes. I love him.
1: Man made some mistakes. He did. The actual Thomas Andrews made some mistakes. Right. Bernard Hill played Captain Edward John Smith, who also made some mistakes.
0: (laughs) He did. And this was his last voyage before he was going to retire. Yeah. Jonathan Hyde as J. Bruce Ismay.
1: Eric Braden. As John Jacob Astor, the fourth.
0: Bernard Fox as Colonel Archibald Gracie, the fourth. Jonathan Evans Jones as Wallace Hartley. He was the ship's bandmaster uh, and the violinist who plays all the uplifting music along with his bandmates all the way until the boat sinks.
1: Ewan Stewart as First Officer William Murdoch. And James Lancaster as Father Thomas Biles. Who was a second-class passenger? He was a Catholic priest from England, and he's portrayed praying and consoling passengers during the ship's final moments. And he did he did perish. do that. He did do that, and yeah. did not make it. Yeah. All right. Let's get on to some fun facts. <laughs> if okay? there can be
0: fun facts about this tragic event, yes. More fun facts probably about the making of the movie than the sinking (laughs) of the the Titanic. (laughs) The event is not fun. Which I think we didn't say, but it actually happened on April 15th.
1: Yeah, is when it actually sank. 14th and 15th, right? It hit the iceberg very late on the 14th Yeah. and sank at like 2 a.m. Everything bad happens at like 2 or 3 (laughs) a.m.
0: 1912, right?
1: 1912, Yeah crazy that we're talking about an event in 1912.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know that we would be if it wasn't for this movie. Yeah. Not that people don't talk about it, but we wouldn't be sitting around on a Saturday night doing a nostalgic podcast, having some drinks and a blanket fort talking about (laughs) the sinking of the Titanic.
1: So thank you, James Cameron. (laughs) He was very interested in this particular boat. I always forget about the rage that was around this ship in the mid 80s when they first found it. No one had seen it since 1912. Wow. They found it. I think it was 1985. Mm -hmm. They had that expedition where they went down and finally found it.
0: I think I was too young to really know what was going on.
1: I still remember seeing it on the television, Yeah. not really understanding. It's just like, oh, this is just a boat. But to understand that now that people hadn't seen it in so long and there was debates like I was just listening to some recreations of the Senate trials that happened and people from the crew were saying the boat did not snap in half. So, you know, like what we saw today as far as the recreation, no one could prove that. So a lot of the crew and the upper class people, that's who were interviewed and believed as far as what happened. And one of the big things for some reason was the boat didn't snap in half. Well, the boat snapped in half because, because it's they in two found pieces. it.
0: <gasps> so they all get together and like agree on a story or something.
1: That's one way to look at that's it. It's so weird. Or I don't know what the alternative is. It could be that people just remember things differently or they're lying. Yeah, but that's but why like would they 700 lie
0: about something that? people that yeah. all said the same thing.
1: Well, they weren't all asked to come to the Senate oh, trials, okay. just like the officers that survived and some of the, you know, wealthier to do's.
0: Maybe they all had their head turned when the boat fell back down.
1: I don't know. I, it's like, what's the motivation there to change that story? Like,
0: yeah, I don't what's know. the
1: harm in saying that it did snap yeah, I in don't half? know
0: why that matters because that has nothing to do with what anyone did. It's just the way a boat sinks.
1: Yeah. And also, all it does is like discount these other people that are telling a story that happened. And then you're just like, I don't believe anything they're saying right. because this reputable person is saying, no, the opposite happened. It, it never snapped in half. And no, we let them all out. We didn't keep them behind barred doors, <laughs> you know, so it's like <gasps> oh. these narratives that they they have to hold on to. That's
0: so annoying.
1: It is annoying. But
0: I'm glad they found it and they could be like, you were wrong.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't definitive until then, until 1985. Crazy. You think about all the people that weren't still around. They were just like, I swear, (laughs) I watched that boat snap in half. I feel like like I'm taking crazy pills. Ted, it did not snap in half. (laughs) Colonel Blythe said it did not snap in half. (laughs) (laughs) You were smoking crack.
0: (laughs) I love how we make everyone on the Titanic a real Southern (laughs) Rose DeWitt Bucketer?
1: Rose DeWitt Bucketer. (laughs) All right, fun facts. Leonardo ad-libbed the I'm the King of the World line. (gasps) Really? Yes. I'm the King of the World! And it is now in the American Film Institute's top 100 movie quotes of all time.
0: You know what's funny is when we started watching it and that happened, it's like right as he was stepping up, I remembered that he did that because I just wasn't even thinking. And I immediately got chills. You
1: did. And I wanted to tell you then because I'd already looked up that fact. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm going to save that for the
0: podcast. (laughs) What a good moment.
1: Yeah. And it's That's so... funny. So
0: many great yeah. moments in movies that people just came just up went. with on their own. And that's what people use. And that's what's sometimes the most memorable yeah. things. And, you know, what a collaboration.
1: Absolutely. With the actors. And we talked about this. This is towards the end of the movie. Yeah. The Mythbusters had an episode where they showed that both Jack and Rose <laughs> could have fit on that bed.
0: So upsetting. Because they give it like one try. I remember. I mean, I think they did that because people have been saying that for years. Yes. Like she could have gotten him up there like he right. could have fit on there.
1: Exactly. Because I remember that in the theater. I was just like, w- w- why don't you just try to get on there again? It's huge. Yeah, they only
0: tried it one time. Yeah. Like let her get up there and balance it out a little bit and yeah. then he pops up there.
1: It was just a little silly.
0: It was. Like I get that their brains probably weren't functioning. Right.
1: No, I mean, they just probably didn't think about that. They're like, oh, he tries to get up there and they can't. It's just like, well, maybe you don't both climb up there at the same time. It's like getting into a rowboat. You got or a hammock. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You both go in there. You're going to fall on the ground. Go one at a time. But hey, then we wouldn't have gotten that beautiful ending.
0: Oh, gosh. It's still upsetting.
1: Now, the Mythbusters do add that if that were like a real scene, that wouldn't have happened because that would have been really heavy wood. That would have just sank, which blows my mind. I really think that wood floats, but I believe the Mythbusters, too.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's just a particular type of wood. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. I feel like if a bed is in the water, but I don't know. Maybe not.
1: I do remember thinking that back in the theater, though, just like, could you try again, please?
0: (laughs) So frustrating. Like you really only try one time.
1: Yeah. Or maybe like,
0: okay, settle in for a minute. But then when you realize like, hey, if I don't get up there with you, I'm I'm going to die. die." Right. But I'm just going to accept that right now. It's like, and she realized too that he was going to die because she was saying goodbye to him. So it's like, hello, like, just try again.
1: Right. Like if it were me and you, I would have gotten you on there and you would have not let me stop trying to get on there. No, I wouldn't. Until I became a peetzical.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I'd probably just be like, well, then... I'm getting in the water with you.
1: Oh my goodness. No, I wouldn't have allowed that.
0: Well, we would have frozen to death fighting over
1: Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's a more, re- that board. <laughs> a more real scenario <laughs> is me like yelling at you like, no, get on the other side and I'm gonna climb it. <laughs> and then I and then I just start bobbing up and down because I'm frozen. Oh
0: no.
1: Oh my goodness. That's so sad.
0: So this I thought was interesting. The nude sketch of Rose where she's wearing the heart of the ocean that Jack does was actually done by James Cameron.
1: He's a good artist. Yes. So was he drawing her while she was nude, like laying there? I don't know that. I bet you they just took a picture of her and then he drew it.
0: Yeah, maybe so.
1: Because there's no way that's drawn in like five minutes.
0: Maybe they even just filmed it and then he drew it after the fact. It could be, you know? Yeah. But the original prop sketch was sold in an auction in 2011 with the highest bid revealed to be $16,000.
1: Wow. That's sitting on somebody's wall somewhere.
0: I know. And after finding out that she was going to be naked in front of Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet decided to break the ice by flashing him the first time they met.
1: Way to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to break the ice. I
0: love it. She's like, well, now you've seen it.
1: That was actually the first scene they filmed together. They had (gasps) practiced, but this was the first scene that they filmed.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: That had to be really awkward at first.
0: For sure.
1: (laughs) In that scene, when Jack is preparing to draw Rose, he tells her to lie on that bed, uh, I mean couch, and the line was scripted to be lie on that couch, but he actually messed it up, (laughs) but James Cameron liked it, so he he kept it in there.
0: I like it too, because it's like he's so, you know, flustered that he gets the word wrong. That's funny.
1: And this cracked me up, because I also had something similar, but Leonardo... Often had his pet lizard, Blizzard, <laughs> on the set of Titanic. Aww. And the little guy got ran over by a truck. But he didn't die, and Leo nursed him back to health.
0: Oh, Like on set?
1: On set. Aww. I also had a little chameleon that I would take around with me, and he'd sit on my shoulder. <laughs> it's so cute. It is cute. He ended up dying because oh. I made a mistake.
0: <gasps> oh, I think you told me about yeah. this.
1: I went to visit my dad. And he didn't want my lizard to come in the house. And it was in the winter. So I was just like, oh, well, the car is pretty warm. I'll just leave him in his crate here in the car in the sunlight. So I went in there. I was in there for probably 20 minutes. And I came back and he was cooked from the sunlight. I felt so bad. I
0: can't believe that happened in 20 minutes.
1: I know. I don't. It blew my mind.
0: Oh, I was so
1: upset. This was the same lizard that survived jumping through a metal fan. Oh, yeah. I walked into the pizza joint that I was working at. There was like a big parade or something going on. So I came in to visit them. I wasn't working, but I had my lizard with me and he was on my shoulder. And I actually went behind the counter for something. And they had like one of those old school metal fans that didn't have a lot of like guards on it. And the chameleon jumped through the fan (laughs) while it was running.
0: Oh, my God. And did not
1: get hit by a blade. And was just there on the counter. I was like, oh my God.
0: He needs to go on like American Ninja Warrior or something.
1: Yeah, if only I hadn't roasted him.
0: (laughs) Poor guy. (coughs) He had a huge future
1: ahead of him. He did. So much talent.
0: (laughs) Matthew McConaughey and Johnny Depp were also considered to play Jack. But James Cameron insisted on having Leo play the role. I think he thought the others were a little too old.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think originally he had thought of... River Phoenix for uh, the role, which makes sense when you see. Yeah, Jack.
0: Leo looks a lot like River yeah. as well. Was he already gone by the time? He had
1: passed away uh, by the time they started filming. Sad. So Gloria Stewart was the only person who worked on the film who was actually living in 1912. Now she was two, <laughs> but uh, that was you know of course when the Titanic sank, and also she got nominated for best supporting actress at age eighty-seven. No. And she became the oldest person to be nominated for an Oscar.
0: Wow. That's awesome.
1: And what's funny is she was only, quote unquote, 86 when they were filming. So they had to age her up to about 100.
0: Uh, I was wondering. They did a good job with that because I was looking at her skin and trying to figure out if that was all real, which I just believed it was.
1: I did, too. I guess it was a little uncomfortable for her, but she dealt with it. And like we mentioned earlier, she died in 2010 at age 100.
0: I'm just always so amazed when people live that long. Yeah, same here. So Gwyneth Paltrow, Reba McIntyre, Nicole <laughs> Kidman, Madonna, Jodie Foster, Cameron Diaz, and Sharon Stone were all up for the role of Rose. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's a, a wide variety of people.
1: Kate would send letters to James Cameron talking about-
0: I read that.
1: The role and would always sign it, you know, your rose.
0: And she sent a <laughs> single rose. Yeah. She's like, I don't even know why you're talking to anyone else. I'm your rose. She was working it. I love that. She was determined. She was. It worked out for her.
1: So, you know, in the big final scene when everybody's in the water, uh-huh. Kate was the only one who wasn't allowed to wear a wetsuit and she got pneumonia. <gasps> and I think she was pretty upset about it. She almost quit. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> Filming because of it. I think Why she was, wasn't she allowed? I don't know if it like didn't work with her outfit or something. Oh, yeah. That's I my mean, only I, I guess. guess. It,
0: but you would think because by the end, she, she had on a jacket because she had cow's jacket and she had on a live vest. Yeah. So I don't know why she wouldn't be able to wear one.
1: I don't know.
0: I'd be pissed, too. I would, too. But did didn't they film that like in a pool or something?
1: I mean, it wasn't a pool. It was like a lake that they built for it, essentially. Like it was 300,000 gallons or something. So oh. it was huge and relatively cold. They didn't heat the water for sure.
0: I was wondering that, like, while I was watching, looking at those people, I was like, are they actually cold or are they f- just pretending to be? I mean, I know they're not as cold as those people were. but Right.
1: So the cost to construct the Titanic back when it was built was like $7.5 million which equates to like 120 to $150 million in 1997, the movie cost $200 million in <laughs> 1997 dollars.
0: <laughs> well, they, they made that back.
1: They did make that back. It's just funny that <laughs> the movie some. about this boat cost more than the boat.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Titanic was the first film to be released on video while it was still being shown in the theaters. That's crazy.
1: I remember it being in the theater forever.
0: It was, yeah. Like, I think I that's why long. I saw it so many times because it just stayed in the theater, and we were like, "Well, as long as it's going to be yeah. in the theater, I'm going to go see it."
1: Yeah, because they had that cheap theater, yes, right next to the mall, mm-hmm. which was like a dollar. Yeah, it's like a dollar theater,
0: <laughs> the kind of theater that has popcorn on the floor that stays there for months or vomit. Ew! <laughs> I wasn't in the cheap theater when oh, I threw okay, up. Okay.
1: Have
0: <laughs> <laughs> you even heard that story? It's in the Smurfs and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure episode. Towards Let's the check end, it out. <laughs>
1: it's a funny story that happens to deal with vomit. Yeah,
0: it's an embarrassing story.
1: So this one always punches me right in the feels. Me too. That real quick scene of the elderly couple who are hugging on the bed as the water is filling their room.
0: That's always the first time that I start really crying. Yes,
1: it's based on. The owners of Macy's Department Store in New York, Ida and Isidore Strauss, who both died on the Titanic. Ida was reportedly offered a seat on a lifeboat, but refused so she could stay with her husband. And she said, as we have lived together, so shall we die together. And I guess there was actually a scene that they filmed with that, but it got cut. I also read a report that both were offered seats in different lifeboats. But they said no because they wanted younger people to be able to take those seats. So I don't know which one's true. Either way, it's pretty heartbreaking.
0: Oh, gosh. But also, a lot of love there. Either way. Yeah. Makes me emotional. Me too. I would stay on the ship with you.
1: I would stay on the ship with you, except I would have built a raft out of (laughs)
0: chairs, (laughs) but not the bed that would sink.
1: No, not the bed that would have sank. I would have found things that floated and tied them together. Yeah. I had an hour to do this. I feel like I could have made it work. Yeah. But, you know, it's not like other people probably didn't try that. I just saw a lot of people chucking chairs over the side, which a single chair is not really going to get you. Got to get out of the water. Right. Because there's sharks in the water. So that would have been my motivating factor. (laughs) First of all, I can't really swim that well. I'm a sinker. I'm not a floater. Right. So I can't float. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus, there's sharks in the water. Yeah. So I would have done everything to not be in the water. So the big pool that they used to film that final scene Mm -hmm. was actually, in general, only three feet deep. There were Mm -hmm. spots that were deeper for when people would have to jump off the side of the boat. Yeah. But where everybody in general was, was like three feet deep. Wow. Just crazy.
0: It is crazy. So there were some real quotes from the sinking of the Titanic that were used in the script. When Jack tells Rose that falling into the freezing water was similar to being stabbed with a thousand knives all over your body, those words were originally spoken by a Titanic survivor.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Because I do like ice buckets for my feet. Yeah. And I know how painful those are. And I think that's probably around like 40 degrees.
0: And after James finished the script, he discovered that there was a real Jay Dawson who died aboard the Titanic. He was a trimmer named Joseph Dawson who had been born in September of 1888 in Dublin, Ireland. And his body was salvaged and buried at Fairview Lawn Cemetery in Nova Scotia with many other Titanic victims. Today, his gravestone is the most widely visited in the cemetery.
1: Number 227, if you ever get to Nova Scotia and want to check it out.
0: Oh, and it's just because it's Jay Dawson. Mm-hmm. It's like they feel like they're going to visit Jack.
1: (laughs) Going to see Jack. So this film was played so much, Paramount had to send out replacement reels because they were wearing out their copies of the film. Now, this blew my mind. The most expensive first class suite on Titanic at the time cost forty three hundred and fifty dollars, which in 1997 was $75,000. And in today's dollars, it's $115,000. What? For what should have been like a five to seven day trip.
0: That's as much as like a small house.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Crazy. So your favorite scene, the spitting scene. Yes. He made us fast forward through it today, was almost all ad-libbed. Kate suggested that Rose spit in Cal's face rather than jab him with a hairpin, which was what was in the script. And according to Billy Zane, they had to do so many retakes that he he kind of went numb <laughs> of being like, spit in the face. okay. Yeah, that's what
1: people do. They just spit in my
0: face. <laughs> and she started using lube because her saliva ran out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like that's one of the takes that was used in the movie Ugh. because it looks a little different. Ew, 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 Gross. It's a bit too much of like a glob.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. It's super gross. It really bothers me.
0: <laughs> oh, and Cameron also credits Kate with writing the heart-wrenching, this is where we first met line during the final sinking.
1: That one got to me today. Me too. But I'm tired, so.
0: <laughs> well, as they were like climbing up there, I think it was when I remembered that, well, actually I was like, I remembered that that was where they first met, but mm-hmm. I didn't remember if she actually said it or not. Oh, okay. And so then when she said it, I was like, <laughs>
1: So the scene where Cal and Rose are having a coffee in the morning, and then Cal has a, a bit of a tantrum, yeah, and flips the table, was ad libbed by Billy Zane. So Kate's reaction is legit.
0: Oh wow, good. So much ad libbing
1: crazy, yeah.
0: I love that though.
1: Another ad lib was the line uh, by I can't remember the character's name, but uh, the actor is Jonathan Hyde. He plays the guy who, like was pushing for the boat to go faster. Yes. He's that character. Yeah. And he was like, Freud, who is he? Is, is he a passenger? <laughs> that was an ad lib as well.
0: That's funny. So a recent investigation showed that if the Titanic had just hit the iceberg head on, she would have survived.
1: Right. Because I, I think the problem was when they scraped it by go, trying to go around it, it hit so many compartments.
0: Yeah. It, it just had no chance. Right,
1: It could survive four compartments being
0: compromised not five
1: yeah it was either like five or six that actually got compromised so if if it had just hit it head on it would have damaged the ship and probably stopped the journey but it wouldn't have sank which is crazy to think about sometimes it's better to just do nothing yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you know the really lush staircase (laughs) i do so it's not technically accurate because it's slightly larger in the film as people have gotten bigger and taller than they were in 1912, uh, so it would have been a bit smaller in actuality. So they uh, made it bigger to fit the people that were there.
0: That's so weird to think about.
1: Oh, and back to the big tank. So reportedly, James Cameron threatened to fire anybody that left to go to the bathroom during the filming of the lifeboat scenes. And so that led to oh no, lots of the actors, including Kate Winslet and Leonardo, going to the bathroom in the big tank. Now, there's lots of gallons of water, so it was pretty diluted, just not great to think about.
0: It's like swimming in a public pool. Yeah. The last remaining survivor of Titanic was Milvina Dean, who was born February 2nd, 1912. She died May 31st of 2009 at the age of 97.
1: She never married or had children. Hmm. Hmm. She also never saw this film because she watched, I guess there was one from 1958 called A Night to Remember, and that was too emotional for her. Yeah. There's no telling what this would have been.
0: Oh. Yeah, because she was just a baby. She was only a few months old.
1: Yeah, two months.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And finally, both Leonardo and Kate say they're a little embarrassed by their performances in this movie. Kate said her American accent is awful and feels that her acting could have been a bit better. And Leonardo called himself a young punk. In this film, but I thought he was really good in it. I think they're both good in it. I can see that their acting is a little stiff early on in the yeah, movie. Yeah, there
0: are some moments when rewatching. I never thought about it back then. Yeah, but rewatching it now, I don't know if people have just gotten better at acting or what, or they've just gotten better. They have. But I mean, they were young. Yeah, I mean, just like anything, the more you do something, the better you, you get at it. But right. there were some moments that I was like, eh, that could have been, that could have been better. They should have done that a couple more times. It didn't sound like. Supernatural. Yeah, it
1: sounded like they were acting. Right. But the vast majority of what they did, I thought, was pretty solid. I did kind of forget about the accents they were supposed to have. Yeah. Even though they (laughs) they did kind of bounce around a little bit.
0: (laughs) And they just always have great chemistry too. I did read somewhere that when she did a screen test with Leo, I don't know if it was a screen test or just. Maybe they auditioned together. Mm -hmm. Is that the same thing as a screen test?
1: Probably. Well, a screen test is how you look on screen and how they they see if you have chemistry while you're acting and filming.
0: Yeah. So probably a screen test. Yeah. That when they were done, she said to James, he's great. Uh, Choose him. Even if you don't pick me. Yeah. Pick him. That's great. Yeah. Okay. I'm interested to hear your favorite moments.
1: Favorite moments. So when the lights go out.
0: Baby, when the lights go out. Oh, sorry. A little five for you.
1: Go ahead, sing away.
0: Do you know that song? No. Listen. Like to hear it? Here it goes. Here it
1: goes. No, no. Baby, when the lights go out, every single one could not express the love and the Yeah, I still don't know that song. <laughs> <laughs> so, when the lights go out towards the end of the sinking scene, for me, it's a scary thought process to go through just thinking about like a boat sinking. But then also to then realize that you're going to go through it in pitch black, utter darkness, it makes it even scarier to me. Like, I think too much about what it would have been like to be there. But I think that's kind of James Cameron's point. Right. Is to put you in that situation. And it really does, like, bring me there. And that one in particular... Right when those lights go out, like I remember being in the theater in 97 the first time and being like, oh, my God, I would die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I would have died. but
0: (laughs) (laughs) Literally and figuratively. Yes,
1: on both sides.
0: Oh Yeah, it's super scary. Like you said, I mean, there's a point where it shifts and now you're like, this just turned into a horror film.
1: Yeah, it's right when Rose and Jack feel the boat move Mm -hmm. from hitting the iceberg from that point on up until when they're in the water at the very end. It is terrifying. It is. So, yeah, a favorite moment that's still scary, but yeah.
0: Yeah. More Uh, like an impactful moment.
1: Yeah. Number two, I love the table scene with all the rich people, and Jack is there holding his own. Yes. So they're all there having dinner, and, you know, Jack doesn't show any fear, really, to them. I think he is probably a little bit afraid intimidated by these people, right. but he just loves the life that he's living. It doesn't line up with what their version of somebody who would enjoy life would be doing.
0: Right. But, but he's he, not concerned about no. what they think.
1: He is having a good time. Yeah. And he's not afraid to say it. So I really love that scene. I mm-hmm. loved it back then and I still love it now. Yes. And number three, another scary one, but the hallway scene when the water breaks through that door yeah, and Rose and Jack are running. And then get swept up in the water. Like, it's just crazy to me to think about the reality of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I read something somewhere that Kate complains about that scene because she thought she was almost going to drown oh. because she got knocked over and like her dress got caught on something. And so she was really terrified. And James Cameron is just like, well, I mean, she was just kind of like coughing a little water out. She was fine. <laughs> just that scene in particular, it, it goes to like slow motion as the water's like flowing towards yeah. her. You can see like. Real terror in their face as Mm -hmm. this wall of water is coming Mm -hmm. towards them. I I thought it was really well done. Honorable mentions, of course, HMs, when that boat is vertical in the water.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, just the emotion that that causes me when I see that on the screen. I mean, it just I'll never get over it. I can always see that, even though I think in reality that's not true, because James Cameron went back with Discovery Channel and kind of reanalyzed what would have happened during the sinking, it didn't get quite so vertical.
0: Oh, okay. It
1: did slide down into the water, but it was kind of at like a 60 degree pitch. Mm-hmm. Everything else is pretty accurate. But I think for the movie, it was way more impactful to do it that way.
0: Yeah. Well, and especially for them to have to climb on the other side of the railing to go down. Because oh.
1: <laughs> the guy in the white suit mm-hmm. was like the baker or something like that. Yeah. That is a guy that survived the sinking. Oh. And he said he that's where he was. And it was like riding an elevator down into the water. Wow. And then he, he ended up getting picked up by a boat.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So that part is absolutely legit as far as what it felt like to that guy anyways. Crazy. Wow. And next up, HM-wise, at the very end when Rose walks into the big stairway and everybody is there. Well, all the good people are there anyways. <laughs> it just always gets to me. Yeah. It's just such a good feeling and emotion. I just love it.
0: I was definitely crying again when we watched it today.
1: It tugs on my heartstrings. That's for sure. And finally, speaking of strings, Uh. the musicians (laughs) that are all out on deck together, you know, it's a string quartet and they're playing up until the very end. They almost leave each other. They come back together and they're like, you know, what are we going to do? Let's just go out playing.
0: Well, I love how the leader like says, okay, you know, you guys can go. Yeah and they start to walk away and then he keeps playing and they all come back. They all back. come back. Oh.
1: I love it. But that's what I got.
0: It's also just so haunting.
1: Hearing to see
0: music. all of this stuff happening while you have this music happening, yeah. you know, and to know that that's that they heard that while right. all this was
1: happening. That's right. Crazy. They needed to keep the passengers calm, so they needed to hear like some Yeah. <laughs> some bock. <balk. laughs> <laughs> As this boat is sinking into the water in the oh. middle of the Atlantic. Wow. Whatever you got to do to deal, I guess.
0: I guess. It's very unselfish of them.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So for me, my number one, I love when, you know, they leave that fancy meal with the upper class and Jack is like, you ready to go to a real party? Mm -hmm. And they go down to the third class deck and it's a good time. The music, you can't help but tap your toe to that. Mm -hmm. And- you know, Jack's dancing with the little girl. And then when he goes to dance with Rose and the little girl's so sad and he's like, you're still my best girl, Cora. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Cause then she smiles really big. And then, you know, I love when they're dancing and they spin in circles. And I love that Rose is throwing down some beers and uh, what well, she's like, Oh, you think a first class girl can't drink? And then when she goes over. To that one table, and uh, the guys are playing poker, I think, and she's like, "Oh, you think you're a big tough man? Let's see you do this." And she goes up on her toes, and then falls.
1: I've tried to do that. I can't do it. <laughs> so she obviously,
0: went. she took ballet.
1: Yeah, I don't know how somebody would do that. I don't have the toe strength.
0: Yeah. Well, they normally have shoes. I think that they. She. But did. I don't know. Maybe they practice without it like that. I don't. I don't know. Number two. I mean, mine are pretty cliche. I feel, but the whole scene at sunset the front of the ship
1: a legit sunset by the way
0: yeah you told me that i was like oh i didn't know yeah just makes it even better because it's so beautiful it's gorgeous yeah and rose comes up and you know jack's staying there And she says i changed my mind and uh you know they go up on the front and he tells her to close her eyes and says do you trust me and then she's like i'm flying and then he's singing the song
1: A <laughs> going up she goes, up she goes.
0: I used to watch that scene on repeat.
1: Did Even you? Even just
0: the close-ups of their hands, their fingers intertwining.
1: Yeah, you loved that whole scene. It was getting to you today. Oh,
0: so, well, I mean, I haven't watched that in probably... 20 years or something. Has it been that long? I don't know. Maybe maybe not that long, but...
1: It might have been. It's been a long time. Yeah. Maybe
0: 15 at least. Right. And then, of course, the epic kiss. Yeah. It's a so perfect great. scene. It is beautiful. And then at the end of the movie, when they finally get to America and Rose looks up and she sees the Statue of Liberty mm-hmm. and then she puts her hands in her pockets and she feels around... And all of a sudden, she pulls out the heart of the ocean. There it is. Because it's Cal's jacket. Yep. And he had put it in his pocket earlier. Whoops. And didn't think about (laughs) it when he gave her his jacket later when they ran into each other. So there she is in America. And it's just, this was actually something I didn't think about back then, was just the symbolism there for her freedom. Because she's looking at Lady Liberty, you know, and here she is. She's found a way to escape this life that she didn't want, even though she had to go through this through this tragic event and she lost the love of her life in one night and they come up to get her name and she says Rose Dawson. Yeah. So now starting a new life. Yeah, now they think she's dead and Mm -hmm. she can just move on. And you know, we see that she did live a long and happy life.
1: Yeah, I feel like I need Titanic too, because I don't know if she like ever got in touch with her mom. And then like what was her life like with her kids? She said she never told anybody, but did
0: she ever tell anybody?
1: I feel like she would have she opened said up she to a girlfriend at some point. She said
0: she didn't even tell her husband. I, I,
1: mean. I know she wouldn't have told her husband because he would have been jealous, but <laughs> I feel like Rose was sitting around, had a little wine, was hanging out with her friend Darcy, <laughs> and she brought up old Jack.
0: Darcy I wonder though I bet even if she told the story of Jack she probably wouldn't have included the fact that it was on the freaking Titanic because I just think that anybody that hears a story like that they would want to talk
1: they would want to tell somebody they would go to the newspaper and then everybody would have a photo of Rose Dawson and then Cal might have seen that and then been like I need the heart of the ocean back right I feel like Titanic 2 should have been made
0: (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you sorry (laughs) (laughs) don't be sorry
1: i'm sorry for writing this movie
0: (laughs) (laughs) so my hms i love the scene when they get into the elevator yeah because they're running from the The goon goon. (laughs) and they beat him to the elevator and they start going down but it's one of those elevators that you can see through and so when he comes to the elevator and she rose just flips him off As they're going down.
1: And she's so proud of it, too.
0: Yes. But then I've always wondered this. I was like, what is the origin of flipping the bird? Because would they be doing that in 1912?
1: Hmm. Looks like it got its start in the 1800s. So, yes, it could have been used. Huh. A big sign of disrespect. She disrespected him right to his face.
0: I love it. He deserved that disrespect. I love to, like I mentioned before, when they first meet and she tells Jack her name and he says... I'm going to need you to write that one down. <laughs>
1: it is a mouthful.
0: <laughs> and then at the end, when the older version of Rose pulls out the heart of the ocean, and that's when they flash to the scene of her actually finding it in her pocket. Yeah. Because you're like, how does she have it? Well, at least for me, when I first watched it, I had totally forgotten that he put it in his pocket. Like, I Did just it? wasn't thinking about that. So when she pulls it out and you're just like, oh. <gasps> Oh
1: my gosh. I would have pawned that thing immediately.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then they would have found her. They would they would then they would have known she was alive
1: probably. Listen, this is before the digital age. Yeah. I could have waltzed in there as Jane Fonda <laughs> <laughs> from Shreveport, Louisiana and pawned this. There's yeah. no digital records.
0: And I guess maybe like they could just think that somebody else found it on her body before she sank or yeah, something.
1: Right, that's a good point.
0: Like I don't know how else, because that would just be my thing is thinking she held on to it all those years because she didn't want anybody to know that she was alive.
1: It's also probably cool to have something like that. Yeah,
0: although she hated Cal, but maybe to her it were kind of it represented like, freedom. Yeah, like, I ha still ha. Have it. Just like, you know, she wanted Jack to paint her wearing that and nothing but it. And it was kind of like her big F you to Cal. So that's probably why she wanted it. Absolutely. At the end, when she goes to stand on the back of the boat that they're on and she tosses it into the ocean and she makes the cutest little sound.
1: Yeah.
0: And... You know, I think that there was like a collective of everybody going, no. Yeah. (laughs) But also when she climbed up with her cute little painted toes, you know, we both said that, that we always thought she was going to jump in.
1: Yeah. I thought she was (laughs) going to go like join Jack. I
0: know. Instead, she joined him when she went to bed that night.
1: I like that a lot better. Jack would have been upset if she had done it that way.
0: Yeah. She was supposed to die warm in her bed.
1: Warm in her bed. And that's what happened. Good job, Rose.
0: Oh, it's such a sweet story. It is. And such a sad story.
1: It is. It's both of them. It's a love story and a disaster film and a tragedy.
0: But I'm glad he made it.
1: Me too. I'm glad we rewatched it.
0: Yes, me too. Everybody needs a good cry now and then.
1: Yes, we do. <laughs> I didn't cry. You cried. There was a lot of sand <laughs> flying around in the room.
0: Oh, sand was flying around? Sand, yes. Oh, okay.
1: It <laughs> got in my eyes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hate when that happens.
1: Is that it for Titanic.
0: That's it for Titanic. Wow,
1: we've done it. We've done Titanic.
0: And since it came out in 1997, yeah, thought we could pick some songs from 1997. All right. That was hard to do. It's always hard to choose, but I had to narrow it down. So can I go first?
1: You do it. Do it.
0: Do it, do it, do it.
1: I was thinking more. Do it, do it.
0: (laughs) Come on. Do 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 it. Do
1: it. Do it. Do it. Do it.
0: Okay, number one for me is All Cried Out. It's a cover of Elisa Lisa and the Cult Jam song by Allure featuring
1: 112.
0: It is a song that to this day, if I ever hear it, I have to dramatically sing along. Yeah. So good. I love it.
1: That is a good one.
0: And, you know, I was like a junior or senior in high school. Speaking to you. Feeling it. Oh, yeah. And then number two is Change the World by Eric Clapton. I can change
1: the world. I will be the in your universe. Oh, man. I feel like this is a timeless classic now.
0: It's so good. I just remember it being on the radio all the time back then. and. It just always felt good to me. It's just such a good song.
1: Yeah. And it's so weird to think about like Eric Clapton. My dad was a big fan of Eric Clapton in his youth, and he was relevant for that long of a period.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's crazy. It's 1997. He's a genius anyway. He is. is.
0: We recently watched a concert of his, and it was just outstanding. It was.
1: What are yours? All right. My first one is a. A bit of like popcorn music, but it's Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I can't dance at all, but this is a song that makes me at least want to try.
0: <laughs> I Every think it time. makes everybody want to dance.
1: It's just got that feel, and I, I love it.
0: What do you mean by popcorn song?
1: I mean, it's not like an impactful song. It's like a pop. To me, it's like pop music. Yeah. Yeah. Popcorn, pop, pop music. Popular music.
0: Popcorn. <laughs> I've never heard you refer to it that way.
1: It's just popcorn. I'm, I'm just entertaining myself with popcorn music. Isn't that what pop music stands for?
0: <laughs> sure, Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> it does now.
1: But I do, I enjoy that song.
0: Yeah, it's a great song.
1: Number two for me, Days of the New, Touch, Peel, and Stand. Got this time on my hand. to are the one to abuse. <laughs> the one to abuse. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is what he's doing when I'm telling him that I, I don't <laughs> you know no this clue. song. You
1: I'm, I can sing more of it if you'd like it. But I'm enjoying this concert. Now, yes, I found it back. You
0: know, so. Thanks for singing
1: it for me. You're very welcome. What do you mean singing it for you?
0: Oh, I'm playing that.
1: That's all coming oh, out. I'm airing Cut it
0: out. That Dave Coulier. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and we're gonna finish it off. We're gonna quiet down a little bit. Snuggle up. It's time for the Cozy Club.
1: My favorite.
0: Thank you to everybody that's written in. We've gotten some great stories from you all. So I'm going to read a few of them. So Heather says, this was after I had posted the intro for Reading Rainbow. She says that she used to watch it on her grandmother's couch, eating zingers and sipping OJ out of a teacup. Wow. Covered by a crocheted blanket. Mm. She said it was the pinnacle of cozy. I like that. I like it too. And then the KC Project basically should write novels because the way that she wrote this, I almost wanted her to call in, you know, and read it because it sounds like it's out of a book.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
0: She says getting dressed to go to Stark Park in Ridgewood, Queens, New York The walk down Onderdonk as an adventure for a four to eight year old. Springtime smell. I can smell the trees as I type this. I see the clouds in the sky, the handball cork sounds of the balls hitting the wall. It was how I knew it wasn't a school day. It was the best. Wow. I love that.
1: We need the KC Project to continue writing things like that for us.
0: Yeah, she sent me another one too, so I saved it for a later date.
1: Nice work. And
0: then Wendy wrote, after a long day of swimming and your mom hands you a warm towel and a PB&J. Ah. Uh, it's a good one. It is. I definitely remember the feeling of being really tired. Yes. From the sun and from just swimming my heart out and playing in the pool.
1: It makes me think of aloe. Yeah, and then being really tired.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the feeling of a towel wrapping around you. Yeah. And then having a sandwich. Then it's nap time. That's heaven. I mean, I want to do that now. I love it. So thanks again for writing in and keep sending those in. You can DM us at we don't want to grow up pod on Instagram or send us an email at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. You could join our Facebook group at we don't want to grow up exclamation point. Also, you could come over to Patreon. Support us there and get some bonus episodes. We just added a new one that is hilarious. It's a good one. Should we play a clip of it now?
1: Yeah, here we go. Welcome, everyone, to Name That Tune. Woo! All right, so we're going to follow the same rules that we did before. If you get a song on the first guess the song title, you get two points. If we have to play it again, you only get one point. And then you can get a bonus point for the artist. Are you ready? I think so. Here we go.
0: All right. Matchbox 20. Hold on.
1: Good thing you had your eyes closed. I just put the phone down in front of you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to sing the song in my head.
1: Do you need another five seconds? Oh,
0: I think I could get it if you weren't talking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say anything. I was (laughs) silent. If you weren't talking, you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. All
0: right. Give me five more. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, If I guess, I only get one guess, right?
1: Well, you can guess each time.
0: Give me five more. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Oh my That's gosh. That
1: didn't Pretty give me much any Pretty It's the more. same opening.
0: I'm seeing, I'm like, uh-huh. pick me up and dust me, huh? Hold on.
1: Sarah is going to be very angry. I too. know. five seconds is it bent? yes
0: okay <laughs> i was questioning like if that was actually the name of the song
1: yes that is the name of the song
0: oh my gosh i almost lost that one i know okay
1: i feel like we need a timer you you deliberated for a long time on i
0: that did one. well i like had to sing the whole song okay ready
1: i'm ready all right Hot for Teacher. Oh
0: nice. Uh, I don't
1: know who sings Hot for Teacher. Uh
0: so funny. It is I love it. Good (laughs) times. So yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash we don't wanna grow up. You can donate four dollars or more per month and we would really appreciate that. We would. Guess that's it. Just keep sharing and rate us, review us, do all the things. It all helps so much. Take care.
1: Bye-bye.